Hi, and welcome to On Location, the real estate podcast brought to you by the Brown Real Estate Group, where we talk about location as it relates to real estate. I'm Rob Lobb, and with me, as always, is Melody Brown. Bonjour, Melody. Bonjour, everyone. Today, we have a little surprise, because for the first time ever, we have a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Jeffrey Stephenson. Thanks for having me on, Melody. Uh, so happy to be here, guys. I love it. I've heard your podcast, and I'm here now, so I'm stoked. Let's get it going. Yeah. First of all, I would like to introduce you to everybody who doesn't know about your career. You're a broker associate with Brown Real Estate Group at Keller Williams, which is the group we all work for. Over the five last years of real estate, you have established yourself in San Francisco as an up-and-coming real estate expert. And you have many successful sales, including, and I hope we had time to talk about it, the largest TIC conversion in the history of San Francisco. After decades of representing TIC developers as sellers, we have often found ourselves explaining to potential buyers, and sometimes even their real estate agents, what a TIC is. While Jeff represents clients and single families and multifamily purchases and all types of purchases, we're delighted to have him here today to discuss the wonderful and mysterious TIC. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. Melody, so so excited to be here. Uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite topics. Uh, I, I love selling real estate, and TICs are a bit complicated, uh, but that's what our team specializes in. So uh, how do you want to start on this? What is a TIC? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question, Melody. So I think we've all heard that one time or another, and... What is a TIC? People that are not from San Francisco may not have heard of it. Yeah. So when when I am working with a buyer and we're, we're looking on the MLS and we're looking at different types of properties, we see single family homes. We see condos. Uh, there's also stock cooperatives. And then there's the infamous TIC, tenancy in common. Really, what it is, is it's an undivided interest in the ownership. So I like to think of it as if, if we were looking at a four unit building and each unit was the same size, there would be four units there and they would typically break it down into percentages. Um, so it'd be 25% each if it was the same size. And you own a percentage of the building and uh, there's, there's some intricacies involved in explaining this. So there's one property tax bill for the entire building. So it's a percentage of title. Is that why there's only one tax bill? That's right. So there's a percentage of a title and instead of being uh, four different property tax numbers, uh, it's broken down to in a percentage of one property tax bill, but they, they break it out in percentages. Jeff, can you tell us a little bit more about how is it created? Yeah, the easiest way to create one of the TICs is by having a TIC agreement in place. This TIC agreement, it's it's a lot like what you see with the condo, the CCNRs, uh, and it's the rules and regulations really of how the building works. Uh, you know, how many pets can you have in the building? Uh, if you have a floor coverage ratio for for carpeting that would be in there it also explains how all the property taxes work and the reserves so you got this agreement and you have a property i mean typically it's going to be an old apartment building or maybe i shouldn't say old but an apartment building 
an opportunity for friends. I mean, the early days was a group of people got together and they said, hey, you know, we all want to buy a place. We can't afford a single family home on our own. Maybe we buy this apartment building and us four friends, using your four unit example, will each have, have a unit. And so that was, I think, kind of early days of how that mm-hmm. started. And it has evolved with, with the agreements and all that to really yeah. replicate, like you say, what people see for a condo. So back in the day, I think TIC's got a bad rap because... In that example you gave us, there would be four owners, four friends jumping in together to purchase a building. And then they would have one loan and it was called a group loan. So if one of your friends uh, suddenly lost the job, his job or her job, then they, they would kind of all, everyone else would have to come up with the, the monthly payment for that mortgage. And if that friend or deadbeat, <laughs> at that time couldn't come up with the cash everyone else had to come up with um, the payments Um, if that person wanted to sell then they would have to refinance Uh, everyone would have to refinance so let's say that you and melody and i were buying a three-unit building together we got this group loan and then i lost my job and so i'm just kind of hanging out doing nothing you want to sell now the new buyer comes in they need to get refied into this group loan that's right it's kind of a nightmare scenario because i've got no income right plus i'm not really interested i mean i don't have a job so i'm just hanging out at the beach i don't have time to fill out any paperwork rob's being a bum while we're all <laughs> out here working working our tail off to cover it ends <laughs> yeah. yeah thanks for paying the mortgage <laughs> <laughs> so tim brown he started, he revolutionized this TIC sector uh, in 2006. He teamed up with some lenders, some attorneys, title companies, and they made something what's called fractional TIC loans. So now all four of us can get our own loan. Except for me, because I'm not working. <laughs> You're on the beach. <laughs> So yeah, so that revolutionized it and it it opened up the pool for a lot of people. And now the TICs, they don't really have a bad rap anymore. There's thousands of TICs in San Francisco. They're moving into other markets, Santa Cruz, LA, and I imagine it'll keep working its way through the West Coast. They are in New York and uh, major metropolitan cities. Jeff, previously you mentioned the HOAs. Can you please tell us what the acronym means and why do we have to pay the the HOA? Yeah, so HOA, Homeowners Association. You'll find this in a condo. It's the same thing. I mean, it's there's so many similarities to a condo that uh, when you when you start diving into TICs, you'll feel a lot more comfortable about them. HOAs. Those include building maintenance or property insurance for the building. Uh, there's, there's insurance for the outside of the building, walls out, and then there's insurance on the inside. So when you have your own homeowner's insurance, uh, it will cover the items that are inside the home. But the building as a whole, let's go back to that example of four of us owning a building. Well, we're going to have insurance for the entire building. So uh, the HOA will also cover reserves. 
And what are reserves? Reserves are is money that's set aside for that time when we, we might need to do that repair to the roof or if there was some leak that happened or if we needed uh, to replace a, a, a door that was worn out or anything like that in the common areas. And that's a great thing to have an experienced agent to review those reserves with you, right? I mean, when you're looking at the disclosure package and you're looking at these reserves, you go, oh, they don't have any money and the roof is 72 years old. That's not a good thing. <laughs> so having an experienced agent to review that with you could be helpful. Yeah. And so remember when we were talking about property taxes, there's one property tax bill for the, the whole building. We already know that Rob's not paying. So how, <laughs> how is the property taxes going to be paid? In the TIC agreement, there would be, I like to think of it as like a, a three strikes, you're out, like a strike system. So we go to Rob and say, hey, Rob, we know you're at the beach. You got to get off your, your tail. You got to get a job. You got to pay for these property taxes this month. We'll cover it this one time through our reserves. But next month, you're on notice. And so... Rob, he continues to hang out at the beach. He's riding the waves. And uh, we come to him again. We say, Rob, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the second notice now. Uh, if you don't do it next month, we're going to foreclose on you. Oh. So Rob went and got a job. He loves us. He wants to <laughs> hang out with us. And he became current on all of his payments. So he did not have to get foreclosed on. Same thing would happen if, if you were not paying your mortgage you would get the bank would foreclose on your percentage that you own, which in theory is tied to the unit that you live in. So if you're not paying your, your mortgage, the bank would take your unit back, AKA your undivided interest. And a really interesting fact there in 2007, eight, nine, when the last market crash was TAC loans saw pretty much the lowest default rates out of all because generally they never went to that lower you know zero down or such amount so the the owners were not over leveraged i'd love to piggyback off that rob i when i first started in this uh this world of tic's there was probably three three lenders that i really like to work with and now it's opened up to six so there's a lot more lenders and that keeps it competitive. The rates would be competitive. Typically, they're about half a percent higher, maybe a full percent higher. They do arms, three, five and seven year arms. And then they also have a 10 year arm, um, some of the lenders. But when I was uh, working with one of the lenders, I, I asked him, I said, you know, give me give me the dirt. Give me some crazy stories. Like, what did you really get into? What, what have you had to deal with with people? Uh, defaulting on payments. And he said, Jeff, out of our whole portfolio in San Francisco, we've never had one person default. We've had some people default in Santa Cruz, but no one's defaulted in San Francisco. So a lot of people, when they're with, with these lenders, you have to come up with 20% down, sometimes 30% down. So we are working with people who have uh, the finances, the resources, they're fluent buyers, and they're discerning buyers. So I, I really, I really like that story because it, it, it brings a lot of confidence to uh, the consumer. It's a great point. These are portfolio loans, right? They're not going to sell them on the secondary market. So their underwriting process, while it's not necessarily any harder to qualify for the loan, 
they do a good thorough underwriting process. And that's one of the reasons we've seen some of these smaller banks actually be bought by larger banks is for their TIC portfolio. But you're right, there's more options. Let's say I want to add a TIC to my purchasing list. I hear you can get more bang for your buck, potentially a, a lower price for similar square footage and amenities. So what would my first step be? to purchase one? Yeah, so pre-approval letters, I, I always should. That's my first recommendation to any buyer that I'm working with. We want to know what can you afford? So I've got one from some of these big national banks. That's good, right? That's all I need? <laughs> not quite, Rob. Not, if you have one from a, a national institution, uh, that would work if you're buying a condo or a single family home, but TICs are specific lenders. Like you said, they are portfolio lenders. So you would have to go to one of them, get a pre-approval letter, same exact process as getting one from the major institutions. But then when you present your offer, you do have a TIC lender that's ready to work with you. So Jeff, earlier you mentioned that TIC are found in LA, in San Francisco, but also in New York and that they're expanding. Can you please tell us what is the future of those TIC and if there are other cities in which you think there's going to be a TIC boom? You want my crystal ball reading, Melody? I would love it. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is my favorite question, and, and I, I love it because it gives the consumer or developer a way to envision what the future holds for, for them. Mm -hmm. So... In San Francisco, you can't just condo convert anything. Um, there's these beautiful parcels of land that have property on it, Victorian buildings, amazing views, Golden Gate views. But a developer can't just purchase that building, walk to the city planning department and say, hey, I'd like to condo convert these four. Or, I'd like to condo convert these five. <laughs> that might take years. You might have to be um, in in a, a lottery bypass you might have to have the, uh, be on a list to convert or there's um, certain requirements that you have to have. And sometimes that building might not be eligible at all. You have a chance to sell these units individually by the means of selling them as TICs. So what I envision is beautiful property on in Malibu or in San Diego and in, in Del Mar overlooking the water. There's apartments there but you can't just go convert those to condos overnight. So I think people will purchase a building, a, a, a multi-unit apartment complex, and they will sell those individually as TICs, and they're going to get very close uh, in price points to what they would achieve as condos. In, in San Francisco, for example, you can no longer create a co-op without diving into what a co-op is and how that form of property ownership actually occurs. We could just kind of say that the TIC could be entry level, it could be luxury, and it's been created by the market, which is kind of nice from my perspective, as opposed to that top down, you need to have a BMR or that kind of thing. Yeah, Rob, I, I, I totally agree. I think TICs are here to stay, and I think we're going to see a lot more of them here in the future. What should someone consider when buying or selling their TIC? What is the first thing they should do? What is things they should worry about? Tell us all the secret of buying or selling a TIC. 
That's a loaded question. <laughs> loaded <laughs> question. I love it. I love it. No, it's okay. First thing to do, call Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I think the first step is one to go see the property first. Uh, let's let's walk the property together. Let's get familiar with the location. Let's get familiar with uh, what the property entails and how do we look into that. We ask for the disclosure package, and the disclosure package kind of has all the secrets that we want to know about the building and it has a history. And if there's not enough information for us, then there's ways for us to create that information is by having a home inspections or pest inspections, structural inspections. We can also dig into the planning records to see what the permit history is of a building. And with TICs, a lot of the times they develop these to condo standards where you have new plumbing, new electrical, new foundation, they're taking these old, beautiful buildings, but they want to bring them up to a quality that someone would, would purchase it. So a lot of times they're, they're fully renovating these units inside and out, and you're getting them at a discounted price. Uh, I think the, the, the differential, the delta would be about 10% from what a condo is. So if you have a condo exactly the same, the condo would sell for a million dollars, and then right next door, same exact unit, same quality that might sell for about nine fifty or nine hundred thousand, and that's because there are some of those intricacies that I was telling you about um, with the financing, with the property taxes. A little bit more explanation, but for a first-time home buyer to get in, I would I would highly recommend looking at a TIC. Do not take that out of your search because you're taking out thousands of units. Uh, on a on the selling side. Uh, things to uh, for developers, if you are buying over four units, five units or more, then there's a, a, an application process you're going to have to go through the DRE, uh, the Department of Real Estate. And that's for us. We have a subdivision team with a title company that can walk you through that. So if you're a developer, reach out to us. We do, we do these every year and we can help you on that. Um, on the selling side, uh, just it's, it's, it helps to have a real estate agent who is a professional at TICs because these questions that we're talking about today, they come up in every open house I'm at. And if you don't know how to answer the questions, then you're probably going to have a hard time selling that home. Having a broker that can help facilitate the sale, knowing the, the, the brokerage community and the agents, they can help uh, spread the knowledge. I've had other agents call me up and ask me questions about it, and they've been in the business longer than I have. But because we're known in that niche market for doing this, you know, we're respected not only by the buyers and sellers, but other agents as well. So, and any opportunity I get to educate another agent, I think is a great thing. And I like your point from a seller perspective, we've had a lot of people who look at this as an alternative exit strategy for a rental property. It gives them a different way of selling it as individual units to homeowners, owner occupiers, instead of selling it as an investment property. Yeah, we're in an interesting market right now with the pandemic. Um, a lot of people left the city, took a hiatus from work, and property owners, multi-unit property owners, have been reaching out to us because they have so many vacancies that they're thinking it might be better instead of selling the building as a rental with no rental income. Maybe there's a way that they can work with us and we can sell each unit off individually. So we have a handful of those we're working with right now. And uh, w- what's great about it is it adds inventory to the market 
and we're creating uh, more more housing for people to purchase. You know, my first real estate sale in San Francisco was a TIC. It was smooth, cash only, 10 day close. Kind of hard to forget. <laughs> Jeff, we talked about your uh, big project of the Park Lane. I mean, what was your most memorable or extraordinary or crazy TIC tale? I think the whole project itself became a story for me. I mean, we I worked with three other top agents in the city and I learned from some of the best and I feel like we could write a book about it. Uh, <laughs> it was the most interesting buyers. The views were phenomenal. Nobody knew what a TIC was when we were selling it. Agents were, were you know, they didn't even want to come near it. So what we did is we would throw some uh, lavish, extravagant party with a cello and uh, waiters and waitresses walking around, passing out champagne. And, you know, we're selling $7 million TICs. And they're saying, what the heck is a TIC? So we would bring in uh, some, some renowned attorneys who could explain it. And we started uh, to have kind of think tank think tanks for uh, these other agents who, who had buyers and those buyers then became more familiar. They would come to these parties and we sold 33 units, which is the largest TIC transaction in San Francisco. It's next to the Fairmont hotel caddy corner and the views are exceptional. And I just remember all the paperwork involved running from one uh, brokerage firm to the next with massive binders of all these paperwork to try to explain it. So uh, for me, it was, if you can sell a TIC, I think you can sell anything in San Francisco. And uh, just the, the the tales that came with it, there was tenants who were, who were in uh, the, the building and they were offered an opportunity to purchase as well. I mean, these are tenants who are paying uh, a lot of money e e each month. I mean, I won't go into the details, but, uh, they had an opportunity. Some of them walked away um, and some of them had to be evicted. So there, there was definitely some drama and uh, we were, we were bringing on units one after the other. So we were developing, we were renovating them and then selling them. And we, it was all over the building. So a lot of elevators going up and down, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of words exchanged as you pass by. And it was a, a three year process. So it's, it was successful the building is there to this day. I know all the um, the doormen that are there, and they're just ever, they're gentlemen, and the people are so happy, um, and the the appreciation has definitely gone up. I remember one year someone bought one for three million, and the next year sold it for four million. So if people say that TICs do not appreciate in value, I will disagree with you, and I will explain how they do. And I have I have examples. <laughs> Well, it must have been a fabulous experience. It certainly made headlines, and I know it was a big story for real estate and a huge success for TICs and kind of establishing that luxury, you know, the highest of the high-end part of the market. So excellent job there. Thank you. Happy to bring it to the Brown team. Um, learning a lot from Tim. He's he's the godfather. He's the king of, of TICs, so we're lucky to be here. Well, we're lucky to have you. We appreciate your time. We know you got to get back to the clients and the normal day-to-day -day hustle and bustle and, and on to the next park lane. But 
Appreciate you coming out. Where can people reach out to you if they want more information, want to talk to you about TICs or just uh, real estate in general? BrownSF.com. It has our whole team. Uh, There is a link on there, a page for myself if you'd like to get to know me more. My phone number, my email is there. I'm happy to meet you in person. Uh, We can go see any property you like together. And it's not just me you're working with. You have a whole team to back you up. So thank you so much for having me on, guys. I'd love to come back anytime. And I love what you're doing. Great job. Thank you for coming in and telling us everything we need to know about TICs. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our podcast. Our guest today was Jeffrey Stephenson, who told us everything we needed to know about the TIC. We hope to have him back to talk more about TIC and other subjects of expertise he does has under his hat. As usual, if you have any questions, please send them to podcasts at reonlocation.com. You can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Brown Real Estate Group. Don't forget to share this podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.